Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Chapter 9 in the Old Testament, boot it up on your phone or however you're listening to it. I just uh, this being our last service today in the gymnasium, uh, we've got a lot of things going. And if you're visiting with us today, I just want to tell you, come back. <laughs> We've been in a transition here and moving and running, and um, but you got you need to come back, and, and uh, you are coming back. It's so good to see so many new people. I look out, and I, I'm, I'm loving it. I don't know about a third of you. I recognize, but don't know you yet. Amen. I'm Pastor Eddie. Good to have you with us today. Amen. And. Um, so we've been in a series called Arise. There's been a lot of stuff happening. Next Sunday is our big weekend. And um, yeah. hallelujah. Let me just say thank you again. Let's give it up for all of our team leads and our volunteers for yourself. This has been a big project, big renovation. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, this is the end of, of phase one, we're calling it, phase two and phase three. It gets easier as you go through the phases, so don't panic. Phase one was, was big work, the bulk of the work. rest of it's just installing some appliances in the kitchen, some cabinets, some paint. Uh, but the big stuff has been done, and it's been, it's been tough. And you're going to see it next week. you got a video we're going to roll in and show the history of River of Life. That's on a Sunday morning service. Let me just tell you a little secret, River of Life. Saturday night is the service you want to come to as we dedicate that new sanctuary into prayer and worship. That's going to be our worship service. Sunday morning is more of a ceremonial service. We're going to have some people from our township and things like that from us. Our independent paper will be here and, and things like that. It'll be more of a ceremony with the video and stuff. But Saturday night is when we're going to worship God. So come into this place if you're able to make it on Saturday night. Front doors will be opened and um, the side doors as well. So that's really going to be uh, all weekend thing. I just want to talk to us today uh, about prayer and fasting Next week is also going to kick off our week of prayer and fasting. And um, every night, Monday through Friday at 6.30, the church is going to be open. On the back table is some information about fasting. If you've never fasted for spiritual reasons, it's kind of new to you. Take a look at the different kinds of fasting you can pick from there and choose which one that fits you best in your medical and health situation. And um, pick one of those fast and then meet with us every every night if you can here at the church in the new sanctuary at 630 for just prayer and we like to do that because it sets the pace for the rest of the year as we align ourselves just like you pray first in the morning it helps you have a better day I mean it's found that out and um, it it also does the same principle on the first of the of the year to do that in January so many churches do it many have already began uh, some churches go 21 days. We go just that week. The Assemblies of God are starting tomorrow. But because of our renovation, we've pushed it back a week. And so that's what's going to be happening there with us. So here in chapter 9, we find Nehemiah. We've been following this series with Nehemiah. They've been building and renovating their city. Uh, and they've got it rebuilt and they're ready to go. And right before they have their ceremony in chapter 9, it tells us that they enter into a, a season of praying and fasting. And that's because they want to enter into this new city with, uh, in, with the right attitude. And hopefully we feel that way about a new year. Amen. So let's look at chapter 9, verse 1. Now on the 24th day of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting in sackcloth 
and with dust on their heads. Now, this was just a, a physical thing that they would show people that they were fasting. Sackcloth was very itchy and uncomfortable clothing. They would put it on to irritate themselves. Uh, it was just something they did as, as a religious signal to other people that they are fasting. They would put dust on their head, and they still practice this in the Middle East and many different cultures to um, let everybody know it's, it's, a, it's humbling to do that. So we're not saying we're handing out sackcloth and ashes today on the way out as you leave today. You don't have to fast that way. In fact, Jesus tells us in the New Testament that we are to fast often. And when we do fast, in fact, don't let even other people know you're fasting, but do it between you and God. So even though we're doing it the first week of the year or in the first month of the year, it's not the only time we should be fasting. We should be fasting periodically throughout the year. And I'm going to talk about that here today. But this is what they did. They did it all in a group, and they did that. Verse 2 tells us, Then those of Israelite lineage separated themselves from all of the foreigners because they were idol worshipers. And they stood and they confessed their sin and their iniquities of their fathers. This is a very solemn thing that took place. And they stood up in their place, like we're standing now, and they read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for one-fourth of the day. Oh boy. Don, go ahead and lock those doors. And for, look at this, and for another fourth, they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. That is one long worship service. So don't complain. Amen. And then they go on to tell us what they said and what they prayed and how they sang. But for two fourths of the day, they just stood and worshiped God and confessed their sins. And God just honored them and blessed them with his presence and changed their life. And we go on to find out that this group of people never returned to idolatry, but stayed faithful to God, even their children, their other children, for 400 years. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the story we just came through Christmas, you find people like Mary and Joseph, Zacharias and Elizabeth, Simeon, Anna, how many know those names? That's during the Christmas story. You know who those were? Descendants of these people that wore sackcloth and ashes. In other words, what these people did set up their family lineage for generations. Oh, Pastor, I don't want my son and my daughter dealing with all these things that's going on in the world. Well, you need to stand and fight for them today. Because the giants you don't fight for and don't have victory over, they will fight. Father, thank you for your word today. We receive it. We give you blessing and honor today by being here today. And we just give you our hearts and permission to speak to us. Give us direction. I pray everybody listening to this message, whether on podcast or here, that they will be encouraged to start this year off with seeking you with prayer and fasting. Help us to do that. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated today. Thank you. This family, as I said, really set the tone for generations to come because as I've been saying all along, that it's not the excitement of beginning, but the impact of finishing uh, is really important to God. Let me just say that to you. It's not the excitement of beginning. It's been an exciting 
thing to get over here in this building. It's an exciting thing to become new as a Christian and Christ follower. Everything's new. The songs are new. The experiences are new. Uh, we spent our, our New Year's, this past New Year's, with some friends of ours just hanging out, watching a conference called the Passion Conference down in Atlanta, Jordan, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, with 65,000 young people gathered together on New Year's Eve to worship God. Somebody give God glory for that. That is, let me say that again, 65,000 young people packed into an arena on New Year's Eve to worship God. They weren't down at Times Square wearing diapers. They were just in the place giving God praise and worship. I, I want you to know that not everybody is out there running the streets, that, that not every young people is out there and is messed up. God has a people. Come on, somebody. I said God has a remnant. He has a people that have not sold out to the world that are really living for God. Tell the person next to you, I hope he's talking about you. He's got a group of people that are not all like that. And you get new experiences. For me, that was my 23rd, ooh, mucho gusto, thank you. Mucho gusto, that means thank you, amen, in Spanish. I'm trying to brush up on it, help me. That means nice to meet you. You know who's going to sign up first for these classes? Pastor Donna and me, amen. It's sad because I know that. But for me, it was, uh, for New Year's Eve, it was um, 23 years of doing that. And um, it just keeps getting better and better. You know what? I woke up without a hangover for 23 years this past New Year's Day. <laughs> Some of you are like, <laughs> amen. It is actually possible to not go out there and run the round and do things you regret. I woke up with no regret. I woke up just excited about uh, 2020. And I'm still excited about 2020. And, um, and so this, what I wanted to talk to you today about is prayer and fasting. Normally I have a couple of weeks to uh, insert little comments about it and talk about it. But it's been kind of crazy here with the renovation and the holidays and trying to do everything at once. And I am so happy that uh, this phase one is completed. It looks so nice up there. Please come Friday and check it out. Uh, no tours today. There's still some things up there. I don't want nobody to get hurt or injured or anything. I want you to come in Friday if you haven't seen it uh, between those hours. And then, of course, Saturday night and check out all the work that has been happening. This has been a lot. I forgot how much work has went into this thing until you see the videos that we've got out on Facebook and stuff. And it's like, wow, there's a lot of work that went in here. And um, just like in, in the book of Nehemiah, you have an entire chapter dedicated to all the names that people that, uh, that were involved in the process. We usually skip over that. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a list of names next Sunday of some folks and team leads and things like that that really made this possible. But honestly, it was a, it was a whole church effort. Uh, let me just watch this. How many of you have helped in one way or another supplying food or coming up here to work physically in any way? Just raise your hand, just real quick. Just raise your hand one time. Amen, amen. Let's look at that. How many has prayed? Amen, yeah, yeah. How many, how many has prayed for the renovation? Amen, amen. And all of us have been given financially. Amen. Those things all help uh, take care of this building. No one else is, the Red Cross isn't here uh, doing this. We're doing this. And um, the government doesn't give us finances. Um, we do that. We've been paying for it. And so that's how churches operate. And so uh, I want to just say thank you so much for, for doing it. 
as we continue to go forward. So, but the first week of prayer and fasting, let me get into this, it's so important. The, um, they did it here in Nehemiah before they had their dedication, before they went into the city. They wanted to set themselves aside for prayer and fasting. So why do we do that? Why do we set aside a week of prayer and fasting? Why is it so important to fast? And um, Jesus said that when we fast, we fast often. Why do we need to do that? Well, there's a couple of reasons here. And in verse 2, it tells us the first one is that the people separated themselves from the idol worshiper. Someone say separated. Everybody say separated. Fasting, this week of prayer and fasting is a, is a time for us to separate. It's a separation that needs to take place uh, in our lives. It's a good, good opportunity for us to evaluate our lives, our spiritual lives. What have we picked up and been doing in 2019? Uh, some habits, some all kinds of attitudes, uh, some other things that would have been happening that we need to uh, separate ourselves from. They, they separated themselves from idol worshipers and people that just joined in with them uh, in anything that would, that would offend or hinder the relationship with God. That's what this week of prayer and fasting is for, is for you and I to take a look at our lives and say, God, is there something going on in my life, my attitude, my, my lifestyle, is something hindering me from going further in my faith with you? And if it is, Lord, I want you to help me uh, break free from it. I want to make some, some changes in my life. The best way to change your life is to change what? Your thinking and to make some changes on the inside of you. And so separation is what that is all about. We're told in Hebrews, he tells us, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's heaven, let us, everybody say let us, let us, then who's responsible? You. Let us. Let me, let me say this. You are responsible. I am responsible for our spiritual development. Only we are responsible for our spiritual development. Let us throw aside everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. So he says, weight and sin. We need to get rid of these things. Weight slow us down, but sin will entangle you and put you out of the race. Did you hear me? He says, so you got weights and you have sin. You have some things that are not sin, but it is weight. Then you have things that are obviously wrong, that offends God, and we do, and do those things. It entangles you. Let me just say like this. You cannot sin and win. I know I'm not down there running around hooping and hollering, but this is good. Listen, you cannot, I cannot practice sin and allow sin, as Paul said in Romans, to reign and rule in my body and expect to have peace, joy, and victory in every area of my life. Is anybody listening today? You can't. God, well, what's, I, a couple of weeks ago, I told you about our country, and we've got, it's not a political problem, it's a heart problem. If we would just get rid of, uh, of, of this, this evil heart that we have and these, and these things in our heart. Jesus said, it's not what you eat that defiles you, but what comes out of the heart is what defiles us. It's these thoughts, the, these negative, doubtful, critical thinking and jealousies and, and evils and lusts and desires. Jesus said, that's what messes us up. And only God can change a heart. That's what we were singing about a minute ago. God, you set me free. Set me free from what? And if you're new to the church world, you're like, what are they singing about? Chains? What are they talking about? 
Not the change that you physically conceive. You can be set free, making more money than anybody in your place, but yet battling depression and suicide and evil thoughts every single night. That is a heart thing. That is a spiritual condition that only God can set you free from and heal you from. And when that happens, it changes your life forever and you will become one of those that sing about being set free. Sin entangles us. We cannot sin and win. You just can't. It's going to mess you up. Weights slow us down. Weights slow us down. And some, some of these things we, we got to get rid of. Let me say it like this. Some things you have to quit in order to finish. I said some things you have to quit in order to finish. Some things you made it through 2019, but I'm telling you, that's not maybe necessarily a sin, but it really slows you down. You, you could have been a lot further in your faith by now had you get rid of something. And now is the time, this week of fasting, and this time, this month that we set aside for God is a good time for God to, to speak to us and to show us what are, are those things that we need to get rid of. And it's a good time for us to throw it around, throw it off of us and, and get rid of it so we can run our race better and go further than we've ever went before in our life. Come on, somebody. Amen. We talked last week, some of this is, one of them was bitterness. If you weren't here last Sunday, please listen to that podcast. I mean, it was, it was uh, totally a revelation from God that he gave me on, that, on the uh, waters of Marah and how the first thing God did with the Israelites when they came out was get rid of that bitterness. And, and let me tell you something, if, you, if, if you've been wounded in your spirit and in your soul by a family member or, or someone close to you, because only those closest to us can cut us the deepest. And maybe you've been hurt or something happened to you. Uh, let me tell you, give that to God and let him heal it so it doesn't turn into bitterness because it will slow you down. It'll slow you down. What is a weight? Weight is bitterness. Weight, a weight is, is your past. Every time you try to go further for God, you hear this voice, this thing, this thought in your mind. What do you think you're doing going after God? Look what you used to do. Who do you think you are? You can't be no Christian. You can't serve God. You ain't no righteous person. Or as one, some, some man told me one time when I first got saved, he said, you ain't no man of God. We all have those, those voices and those things that, that will speak to us and try to calm us down. That's a weight. The Bible says, throw that aside. Fight against it with the Word of God. You need to take up the Word of God and fight it with the Word of God and say, the Bible, this Word tells me that if any man or woman be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. It doesn't matter what I look like or what I did or what happened to me. I am a new person in Christ. Throw it off. Throw it aside. I'm running my race this year. I'm running 2020. It's a new decade. It's a new opportunity for me to go further. Another weight is comparing ourselves with people. Let's quit comparing ourselves with other people. Come on, somebody. Paul said that. Paul said, quit comparing yourself with other people. Theodore, Theodore Roosevelt said that comparison is the robber of joy. Have you found that out? You're loving life, having a good time. You're on social media, and all of a sudden you see that picture of that other person doing something that seems to be funner, and they seem to have their life together, and you're still, what happens? You start to go, well, I wish I was like that. I wish my life was like that. Or you're on Instagram, and you go, and you look at that hairdo. You just had your hair done, coming out of the salon, taking pictures, and looking all good, but you see so-and-so with a different hairdo, and what happened? All of a sudden, you start, jealousy and envy starts to come in, and you start to look at the mirror and say, what did I pay all that money for? And you go back and, and get mad and get in a big old fight, and okay, a little extreme, but anyway, 
You see where I'm going with it? It all started from not being, here's the word, content with who you are. I'm glad I came to church today. Paul said, I've learned to be content. Contentment isn't something that just happens. You've got to learn to be content. This is so good. You're hearing me today. I'm, if you don't get nothing out of this message, please get this. Today, you're going to learn that in 2020, you're going to be content in whatever season happens in 2020. Whatever life throws at you or whatever, you need to, and I need to learn to be content as Christ followers because we're ultimately trusting God and saying, God, you're in control. Comparing ourselves with other people, man, comparing ourselves, our churches, and this and that. When I first became a pastor, it'll be seven years this Easter that I became your pastor on, on Easter um, services. And in the last seven years, it's been, it's been a learning experience. But I remember the first year or so, man, it was just nuts and talking with other pastors and trying to get new relationships and connections with other pastors going. And these guys were, were running big numbers. Their churches were big, going to multiple services. And, and uh, you know, we, that wasn't our story at the time. And there we were. I'm trying to, I'm working a secular job and working 11 years as youth pastor and delivering Sarah Lee bread and Intamin's baked goods, which Intamin's has the best baked goods around. Amen. Yeah, that's a plug for you, Bimbo Bakeries. You can send a check to River of Life Assembly of God, 166. <laughs> I worked there for 15 years and uh, it was an awesome job and I thank God for it. Uh, but it was tough trying to do that and, and work twice. And then I said, God, is the day ever going to come when I'm going to be able to fully devote myself to ministry and pastor and get involved in the community? And I knew God was wanting to do this thing. Again, what's so frustrating is when our plan is the same as his plan, but our timing is not the same as his timing. There's tension right there. But I've learned that you grow in the tension. Better say amen or I'm going to start preaching about tension right now. We're never going to get out of here. A bow and arrow only works when you apply pressure and when tension is done. Come on, somebody. God, a rubber band was created and meant for tension. You go to your offices and you look at that ball of rubber bands. It's just saying, please use me. Please use me. And what do you, it's, its purpose and its designed is to be stretched. Can I tell you, there's a part of your spiritual DNA that is designed to be stretched. And when you say, God, use me, God, use me, God's going to say, I'm going to use you all right. And it's going to, part of the plan is to use you, is to stretch you. Come on, somebody. It, and yeah, you, you know I'm with you and you're all happy and worshiping God because I'm answering your prayers. I'm walking with you. But what happens when I start to lift my, my, my known presence from you for a minute? Are you still going to seek me? Are you still going to worship me? Are you still going to lean into me? Why? Because I'm trying to grow you and stretch you. It's all to prepare you for what I have in this next season of life. Come on. Is that making sense to anybody today? Hallelujah. So we got to throw ourselves, uh, throw these things off of ourselves so we can run our race. Not feeling good enough, saying, God, you know, I'm just not good enough for this. And I can't tell you how many times my past has tried to haunt me and stop me. And I remember every time fighting that thing and thought I was having a nervous breakdown at 26 years old. I've shared this before in detail, but I thought I was losing my actual mind. I hated to be alone. It was nuts, I, and it was just a mental thing. My mom went through it earlier in her life where it was a mental breakdown almost, and so I remember talking to her about it. I'm 26 years old. I mean, who does that, you know, and, and at my age, and it was, I learned about, you know, the, the chemical imbalances, which is a real thing, but I also realized that there's a spiritual thing, and, and God helped me get through that, and one way he helped me get through that was by this book. Please 
by this book. The number one best-selling book in human history. It's the word. David said, I have learned to meditate on your word. I've hidden your word in my heart. Your word is like a lamp unto my feet. I feed on your word. He says how much he loves the word in Psalms 119, 20-something times. He goes over and over again that how good the word of God is. And I've learned to read the, not just read it, but learn it. And as I learned it, God began to grow me and change my life. My character began to change. Hear me, somebody. My integrity began to develop. My, my pre-Jesus reputation began to diminish and begin to die. And God began to raise up a new reputation. He's a new person in town. It's not the same old east side banger running around in the streets. It's now Eddie Mark. I wasn't even a pastor. had no title. But now I had a new reputation. Yeah. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And it's become through the Word of God. Some things you have to quit in order to finish. See, so I, I would tell you about Gideon in Judges chapter 6. He's a good example of somebody who felt insecure, who felt like he was the least of all of his people. And God began to say, hey, I want you uh, to do something great for me. I'm calling you to be a great leader and you'll read it in Judges 6. I love that story. He says, God, number one, where have you been? Here's what he says to God. He says, where are all the miracles that I've heard about from the ancient days? My family has lost everything. I come from the most dysfunctional family you've ever met. I mean, Jerry Springer has nothing on my family. Have you been to my house? A good Christmas is when the police is not called. Come on, somebody. I mean, it, it, it is, Gideon is one of them. He come from one of them backgrounds, and he has nothing to show for his life, for his family inheritance. It's been just disaster after disaster. Your Bible says he's all by himself, and he's behind this garage. I use it to illustrate so you can picture it in your mind. It would be like a garage. It's, it's a, threat, a place where they would work and, and do things out there, and he's hiding, and he's trying to eat his, his food because every time the enemy, the Midianites, found out that they had some money and some food, the Midianites would come in and steal them and take everything from them. So he's hiding so that the, his enemies don't realize it's a very barbaric culture. And so he didn't want his enemies to find out that he finally got a little bit two steps ahead. And this angel appears to him and says, Gideon, I, I have chosen you to do something great. Can I tell you that God has chosen this church to do something great in 2020? Can I remind you of that? Come on, people. We're not the only church, but I'm telling you, God has called us out to do something. And we're not going, I'm not going to let our church and our ministry just fizzle out to the side and be one of these religious institutions. We are the church. We are called to represent Christ and influence others. We are called to make a difference. We are called to love God and serve people. We are. Come on, somebody. Let's not forget it. It's 2020. It's our time. It's the time. God gave us that scripture in April, in April, arise and shine for your time has come. And what's different about this time is that this next verse, my glory shall rise up with you. People will sit in darkness and the people sat in great darkness, but not on you. You shall arise and my glory will be upon you. And people will come from all ends of the earth because of my glory and my presence shall rest upon you. Come on, give him, give him about a 10-second praise break today. Come on. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So I'm throwing aside, God, anything that is hindering me 
from leading this church. That's my prayer. God, I I, want to be like Solomon. God, I just want your wisdom. I've never done this before. I never wanted to do this. Never wanted to do a lot of things in life, but God said I wanted it. There's a man in the Bible named Jonah who didn't want to do it, and he ran from God. Look how, read his story and see how that panned out for him. Amen. It's not good. So you can't run from God. I've learned to just embrace it and run with it, and God begins to bless you and open up doors like you never had. And then he tells Gideon, the angel, this is, what, this is how God responded to that question of where you been, God? How come I'm still going through this, God? How come I'm not healed? How come sickness is still here? How come diseases is, how come this happened? I prayed for my aunt and she died. I prayed for my cousin and they, they got worse. Put yourself in the Bible. You'll find people all in the Bible that dealt with that. And I love what the angel said to him when he said, where have you been, God? He said, go. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, just go. Go. I preached a message one time called, go anyways. Go anyways. He said to Gideon, watch this. He said, go in the strength that you have left. Somebody needed to hear that today. Go through 2020, not looking at what you lost, not looking at how crazy of a year it is. Maybe you're just here today and you're holding on by a thread. You're listening to this message and you couldn't even make it to church. I'm telling you, podcasts are good, but it's not the same as being in the church. (laughs) It's true. By the way, podcasts are meant to be like vitamins. They are supplements. They are to help you. Being in the church is where you get to meal, the presence of God, worship with other believers and things like that. Amen. Not knocking podcasts, but a lot of people listen to it. Amen. But you may be listening to it and you may say, Pastor Eddie, I'm just hanging on by a thread. Well, God would say to you, then go in the thread that you have. Because if you would just go in the strength that you do have, God said, I'm going to make a miracle out of what you're getting ready to happen. Gideon did that. He stood up and he said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do it. He ended up becoming one of Israel's greatest leaders. That's a good story. I'm going to have to preach that another time. A time of seeking God is what this week of prayer and fasting is. A separation, but it's also to seek God. Separation, when we separate ourselves from God, it helps us to hear from God. Or or separate ourselves from things that offend God, it helps us hear from God. Abraham and Lot in Genesis, the Bible says when Abraham got rid of Lot... Lot was that negative influence in his life. Hear me, somebody. When Abraham disconnected himself from that negative influence, the next verse says, then God spoke to Abram. Right after the children of Israel left the the water of Marah, I preached last week, the very next chapter, God began to rain manna from heaven. Soon as we separate from some things in our lives, and begin to live righteously and holy the best that we can for God and really get serious with God. You know what that means. I can't answer that for you, but you know what that means. God, and you begin to seek God, he speaks to us. The famous scripture, Chronicles 7:14. if my people who are called by my name. God said, I'm not calling Washington. I'm not calling Buddhists and Hinduists and, 
in Islamic people and all these different faiths. He said, if my people, the Christian people, the people that have their faith in Jesus Christ, God said this, if my people who were called by what name? My name, watch this, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn, there's that separation from wicked ways, watch this, then I, come on, somebody say, then I, God says, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Come on, somebody, I mean, that's so simple. It's like you telling your kids, listen, listen, listen. If you just clean your room, I'll give you your phone back or whatever. Hopefully you got some rules in place when you give your kids these Christmas presents. If you got cell phones, you need to tell them, hey, I'm giving you my cell phone for you to borrow with my passcode. If you change the passcode, I'm going to change your destiny. Come on, somebody. Daddy said in my house, he said, if you put a lock on that door, you ain't going to have a door. I'll never knock before I walk into my room, son. Your mama might because, you know, mamas and you're getting dressed, whatever, but this is my house. Some of you are like, that's so hard. Listen, it works. It works. I had a friend, his mom and dad would never come in the room, and we, I loved it over there because we got to do anything and everything you can think of. I'm just telling you, which family are you? Come on, somebody. Don't get mad at me. I'm just trying to help you. It's, just, it's all in the Word of God. Proverbs says, discipline your child. They will not die. He says it. Now, you're not talking about abuse. But we're so messed up in this culture, we can't even tell our kids no anymore. Come on, somebody. Mama, daddy, you have the authority in your home to set the tone in your home. Little Johnny ain't afraid of your no. He ain't going to be afraid of anybody and any authority figure for the rest of his life. I'm telling you, it begins at home. Straying from my message, but it goes with it. Amen. Praying fast that we can become better parents. Amen. I did that. I didn't know how to do this, 20 years old, and had a, a girl come from a family of all boys. It was so weird for me to hold my little girl and someone to go, oh, you're, a, you're the dad. I, me hearing those words was like, it was so foreign to me. I was so petrified of being a dad. God has a sense of humor because he gave me another daughter. <laughs> Amen. I said, God, really? But I learned, I learned by getting in the Word, coming to church, learning the Word of God, and, and applying what I'm learning to my life, then changes begin to happen. Things just begin to play its role. God just begins to do that. Acts 13, 2 says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said to them, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. I'm asking all of our leaders, we have a staff meeting uh, scheduled right after our prayer and fasting. I'm telling you now, seek God for your ministries this year. And be ready that if your plan doesn't line up with the vision and plan that God gave me right now, then put it on a shelf, but pray about it. And, and let's move together as one ministry in one, one unit right now. Yeah. But this is a, a time to get direction for your ministry. Life group ministries, life group leaders, we need everything that we have here. All the teams need to, need to have more people on them. Let me say it like that, because this is a more larger facility, and we've grown and we can handle it. What is God calling you to do? Pray about it. It's not always up here, please. Amen. Amen. So, get direction for this new year. This is what Jesus did before he started his ministry. He went away for 40 days and prayed and fasted. When he came back, he had laser focus on his vision. Chapter 4, it says he returned with power. 
How did he return with that power? Because he first went through the season of being prepared, of fasting and praying. When you fast, your flesh is going to scream at you. It's going to say, especially by Wednesday, your dog food's going to start looking good by Thursday. I'm telling you, because we love to eat. Some of you right now are saying, please hurry up because Cracker Barrel is calling my name. Or McDonald's, I don't care what you got. We love to eat. And so fasting food is one of the greatest weapons and things we have because it puts the flesh in its place. But be prepared for that. Oh, I, don't, I only got one service, so just go with it. But get direction. Fasting is not trying to get more of God. It's God trying to get more of you. I'm going to fast because I'm going to get more of God. No, no, no. When you fast, you're actually getting more of God. You're setting yourself aside to say, I want to hear from you, God. It's, it's all about seeking God. And lastly, I wanted to end with this, is that fasting is a part of spiritual warfare. This was really what I wanted to get to today, and I can't wait for after our grand opening, I'm going to begin talking in the weeks to come about angels and demons, the origin of evil. Because I, not to make you petrified, but I want you to, for, there's a few reasons why I'm talking about this. One of them is in order to be a Christ follower, a Christian, you've got to have an eternal perspective. If you're a religious person, then it's, this, this, it's different than being a true follower of Jesus and you have a relationship with God. It's different. Jesus never came to start a religion. You hear me say that all the time. He came to show us how to have a relationship with God. He talked more about evil and angels and demons. There is a, do you believe in a spiritual realm? There is a spiritual realm that is so real, it is more real than the natural realm. You only live to be 70, 80, 90 plus years if we're blessed to break 100. That's it. Then we leave, we step into what the Bible teaches as eternity. It's forever and ever and ever. And that's why God sent his son Jesus to die for us so that whosoever put our faith in Jesus... We can have eternal life, but there's so much to be said about it. And fasting allows us to receive, a, it's a higher dimension of power that's available through prayer and fasting. Let me give you this quote by historian Tertullian. He was the, a first century uh, historian who observed and witnessed the book of Acts that we read in the Bible, the first century when the church was just starting. And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the apostles, he, he observed uh, Matthew, Mark, and John and the apostle Paul. And about fasting, he said the apostles would fast often. And then he said he observed that the apostles would use uh, fasting to fight against the more fierce demons. That's what he would say. The early church would do this. Remember, Jesus said in Mark chapter 9, when they tried to cast that little devil, that devil of that little child, he was, he was battling some spirit, he had a spiritual problem. There are physical problems, there are chemical imbalances, there are health problems, and medicine is a beautiful gift from God. Medicine is in the Bible. People used medicine. Hezekiah used medicine even after he was healed. It's all in the Bible. But let me tell you something, that not all of our problems can be fixed with medicine. Sometimes if you've got a spiritual or a soul problem, then only the Holy Spirit can heal you. Only the Holy Spirit can restore you. 
Are you hearing me today? And they came to Jesus and said, Jesus, how come we couldn't heal this son, this little kid? And Jesus said to them, this kind can only come out nothing by prayer and by fasting. I'm telling you, it's one of the greatest disciplines you and I can learn as Christians, as parents, is to fast. Fast for our children. Fast for our marriages. Fast for our families. Fast for our churches. Fast for our communities. Fast. I'm tired of over 70,000 young people dying because of suicide or opioid addiction. It's claiming a generation. There is a fierce evil that is claiming the lives of America. And all we do is be entertained and, and watch this and go to that. I'm telling you, it's time for us to unite and to fast and seek God and to get serious and fight against these things. Hallelujah. Isaiah 58, last scripture. Worship team, as you want to come and get ready, let me just do this. Isaiah 58 tells us, God says, is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you will break every yoke? That's through fasting. Habits it's more than just breaking habits, but you need to break some habits in your life. You need to break some mindsets in your life. There are some mindsets that kind of mess us up more than anything. Being, a, being so critical, we become a cynic. You, you, can't, you can't trust anybody. And, and if someone say hi to you, oh, they got an ulterior motive, and you, you start judging everybody and, and, and doing I'm telling you, that's a, that's a negative mindset that the enemy will try to get in us and you, we gotta, we got to let that mindset, throw it aside and let the Word of God wash our minds and cleanse our minds and let us have that new mind that is in Christ and begin to believe again, begin to have faith again, begin to look at our lives as not being almost over. But man, i got a whole much more to do that God's called me to do, God, and I'm getting serious with you. Hallelujah. And these things can be broken off of our life through prayer and through fasting. Amen. Let's stand today. Prayer and fasting, they go together. You might have fasted for physical reasons to see a doctor, and that's, that's great. It's the same kind to do a spiritual fast, as, you know, not eating food and stuff. But what you do is during that time that you would normally be eating, if you're going to fast breakfast, fast lunch. Some of you are morning people and breakfast is big for you. It's the level of sacrifice that matters to God. Young people, it may be, or even old people today, maybe social media. I mean, everything I talked about, these mindsets, comparing yourself, all these things is coming from that source, is that social media. You might want to unplug for a week. Whatever it takes, let God speak to you. I can't tell you what it is. You, you'd pray. What do I need to stop doing this week, God? And during that time where I normally would eat or, or whatever, you, know, you got that new app, that new thing now on your phone, you slide it and it says, this is your screen time. And it tells you how long you've been on your iPhone. But can I tell you, God is saying, how about your prayer time? Oh, I, I got to keep a streak going on Snapchat. Whatever it is. Got to keep the streak going. God's saying, let me tell you about a better streak. If you can get a streak going of being in this, I posted a video on my Facebook. I'm not against social media. And it's John Brevere and this guy come across this study that they found out that if people would read the Bible once a week, it was like a little blip on a radar screen. It would be a little change. 
Like they come to church and they hear the pastor say, open their Bibles. That's all the Bible they get for the week. There's like a little nothing changing. Twice a week, nothing. Four times is when they begin to see results. And then he gives statistics. People that are in their Bible four times a week have less anxiety, less depression. Then it starts saying they are least likely to dabble in pornography and drunkenness. Read that video if you haven't seen my Facebook. I encourage everyone to like me on Facebook. Amen. I'm going to share that when we get into sanctuary. I'm going to put that video up on the screen. And I'm going to share that with you because I'm going to talk about the power of the Word of God. If you and I would just, and now's a good time to do that, but I don't want to make you feel bad and shame you because you don't read your Bible enough. No, no, no. Look, look, look at it like this. This is an opportunity for me to start getting in my Word. It's January. I'm going to start getting in my Word this time. I want to read it four times a week. And watch God begin to change your life. Begin to change your thinking, that negative, that doubt, that unbelief. Start to go away. I'm telling you, I love this book. It's changed my life. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. If you're here today, you say, Pastor Eddie, I don't know where I am with God right now, but I know that I'm really not walking with Him the way I want to, and I want to start that today on this first Sunday of 2020. I want to de- just declare right now that I want to surrender my everything to God. If that's you, just lift up your hand right where you are. No one's looking around but me. Just lift your hand up. If that's you, that's you. Amen, amen. I see the hands. If that's you, you acknowledge it right now. I'm not going to bring you up today to the front. This is between you and God. Right now, if that's you, lift your hand. That's me. I'm, I'm going to give everything to God right now. I'm really not doing it, but I am from here on out. Come on, lift that hand. You just need to respond. Respond, respond. Amen. You can put it down. You can put it down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us all to pray this right now. As we just dedicate ourselves, I know it's not starting until next Sunday, but I want us to pray it now because I won't be able to do this next Sunday at our ceremony and everything. I want us to dedicate ourselves to this week of prayer and fasting. You can start this week if you want, but let's just declare it today and with these words. I want you to say, repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father. Come on, say it again. Heavenly Father. Thank you for your word. I say to you today that by your grace, I will follow you with all of my heart. From this day forward, this month forward, I am going to surrender my life to you. Help me, oh God, to follow after you with all my heart. Speak to my heart during the fast. Give me strength to finish what you started. Give me faith to trust you that you will finish what you started. I dedicate myself to you now for this week of prayer and fasting. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.